All right, common genetic problems. This is episode eight. Welcome. Keep your chin up. I hope you have taken a couple of breaks in between. There's so much material that we're going through with this. I definitely don't want you to do all of this in a sitting. So definitely don't, don't, don't just try to sit down and bang through all of these. Do a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe make a cake or something. I tend to bake when I'm stressed. Um, go do something that will like take a run or something. Uh, get some energy out and do some some thinking while you are in between these videos. Definitely please don't just bang through them because you will not process them as well, okay? All right, so common genetic problems. We're going to go through most of these. All right, so uh, some more definitions. Uh, things that are on the autosomes versus things that are on the X chromosomes. And then things that need only one allele, those are the autosomal dominant, versus things that need two alleles, those are the autosomal recessive. So I've gone through and separated them out quite a bit. So we have familial hypercholesterolemia, adenomatous, adenomatous polyposis, Marfan syndrome, neurofibromatosis, Ehlers-Danlos, and Huntington's. Those are all autosomal dominant and then autosomal recessive, uh, cystic fibrosis, Tay-Sachs, and Wilson's disease. There's not a lot of X-linked dominant, at least not in the li list that we had there. Um, G6PD deficiency and fragile X syndrome are both X-linked recessive. And those are both really important. That G6PD, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you really, really, really need to know that one. We'll talk about that in just a moment. All right, so let's look at how some of these happen. So non-disjunction is one of the biggest things that happens. So non-disjunction means that you have two parts of the chromosome that were trying to be pulled apart. So chromosome, for example, chromosome number 21 was trying to be pulled apart so that half could go into, this is during um, either meiosis or mitosis, or during meiosis, but either during phase one or phase two, was trying to be pulled apart so that you could have one chromosome in each, either in each gamete. Um, and it didn't get pulled. So in normally you would get one half of the chromosome in gamete number one and one half of the chromosome in gamete number two. But now what's going to happen is that you have two in gamete number one and zero in gamete number two. Um, so that becomes a really big issue when you look at the cells that are created from these. So that's the, the big issue with non-disjunction. Um, so, oh, hey, there's the picture of what I was just talking about. So in normal meiotic division, you have um, one, you end up with four cells after meiosis one and meiosis two. And normally you have the correct number of cells in each one. Um, but if you have non-disjunction, uh, you get the wrong number of cells. That's what it means the wrong number of chromosomes. All right, so non-disjunctional errors, um, Kleinfelters, Turner's, Down syndrome, Prader-Willi, and Angelman, and we're going to talk about all those. Repetition errors, um, Fragile X and Huntington's, those are all mutational errors. So let's go through some. So a note about double negatives. Um, what Stopping the stopping. So 
let's think about cars for a moment. Um, if you are driving your car and you come to a stop sign, you are going to hopefully stop. If, however, there is not a stop sign and you keep going, you're and you come to that intersection, you're just going to keep going, assuming that somebody else is going to stop. So if I stop the stop sign, if I take away the stop sign, you're going to go. So by stopping the stop, it lets things go. It gets very confusing. So without the stop sign, problems happen. All right. So familial hypercholesterolemia. That means that I have inherited high cholesterol from my parents, which, hey, I have. It's great. So cholesterol usually is processed in the liver. So usually cholesterol gets pulled into my liver by cholesterol receptor cells. So if you're looking at this, Look at the left-hand side over here, and we have these things that look like half moons. Those are my repre representation of cholesterol receptor cells. So the cholesterol receptor cells pull LDL, that's the low-density lipoprotein, into the liver for processing, okay? And then the liver processes the LDL, but then it also makes LDL. So the amount that it pulls in, it's going to process through, and then it's also going to push some out on the other side. So these, there's something in the liver that helps to process the amount of LDL that comes in versus the amount of LDL that goes out, so that the amount of LDL that's in the blood is always the same. The problem is that the protein that makes the receptor cells is broken. So in familial hypercholesterolemia, the scale is very, very offset. So then because we don't, the liver cells do not see that there's any cholesterol coming in, it thinks that there isn't any cholesterol there. So then it just makes more and more and more and more cholesterol, thinking that the blood must need more cholesterol since there isn't any cholesterol coming in because there is no scale there. So it's stopping the stop. Okay. I hope you get that. If that one's a problem, let me know. So the liver is making more LDL, thinking that there isn't any LDL in the bloodstream because the liver hasn't stopped. All right, so problems with familial, familial hypercholesterolemia. It is autosomal dominant. You end up with an extremely high LDL cholesterol. We end up with early development of atherosclerosis, so cholesterol in the blood vessels, and xanthalasmas. So you can see in this picture that this person has the xanthalasmas on their eyes and they're usually on the lids usually in that inner canthus that inner section of the eye but they can travel above the eyelid and below the eyelid to cover both the inner out 
So Xanthalasmas um, end up not looking very nice either. Uh, and if you see these, then it's a sign that the person's cholesterol is extremely, extremely high. So the next one, familial adenomatous polyposis. So this is a, per a picture of a person's colon. So usually the colon would be nice and smooth and even. And unfortunately, this person has so many tumors that they, you can't even see the smooth wall of the colon here. So this is autosomal dominant. So if you get it, you, if you get the gene, you're going to get the disease. The mutation breaks the down the APC gene. Now, APC is a tumor suppressor gene. So here's another place where we have, we're stopping the stop. So the APC gene is a stop sign to tumors. So if we take away the stop sign to the tumors, then the tumors don't get suppressed and the tumors keep going. So without this APC gene, the people with familial adenomatous polyposis almost always develop colon cancer before the age of 40. So these people are starting colonoscopies, I think it's every year or every other year, but it's definitely before the age of 20. So lots and lots and lots of problems from this one. Familial adenomatous polyposis. All right, so Marfan syndrome. I don't have a picture of this one. So Marfan syndrome, another autosomal dominant. So it breaks down the protein fibrillin. So fibrillin is needed to make a whole bunch of things, including the structural components of the aorta, the heart valves, the airways of the lung, the dura mater in the spinal cord. That's the part where the, um, the nerve from the brain and the spinal cord goes out to meet the rest of the body, the suspensory ligaments in the eye, the connective tissues in the body, um, lots and lots of things use fibrillin. So if we don't have that, the biggest risk is aortic dissection, usually between the age of 30 and 40. Oh, here's my picture. So a person with Marfan syndrome, usually extremely thin, extremely long and lanky, and you can see that their joints are just not well put together. So they end up with very tall stature, hypermobile ligaments. So look over on the left-hand side and try to put your thumb and make a fist around your thumb. When I do it, my thumb can reach to my third finger. I can't even reach to my pinky finger. But this person can make it all the way past their pinky finger and their thumb goes all the way out. Now, can you reach with your pinky finger and your thumb all the way around your wrist? I certainly cannot. But those are actually two signs that we use to help give us a clue that a person might have Marfan syndrome that we would then bring them to genetic counseling. So lots and lots of problems with Marfan syndrome because of this lack of this protein. So you can see how important a single protein can be for a person's body. Neurofibromatosis, also uh, autosomal dominant, but it might also arise from spontaneous mutation, but most of it is uh, autosomal dominant. There's three types. Um, don't worry about the different types. Don't worry about those at all. Um, there is type one, which is neurofibrin, neurofibromin, and second one is the Merlin, and then the th 
the third is the schwannomatosis. So all of these tumors are tumor suppressor genes. So again, we're stopping the stop. What are we stopping? Well, we're stopping tumors. So they all create schwannomas. That's what you need to know. Okay. So neurofibromatosis, we are the proteins that stop tumors are stopped. So the specific tumor that is created are schwannomas. So these schwannomas, they are tumors on the nerve tissue. So these tumors, um, they usually are, are mild, um, usually, it, but it depends on where the schwannomas grow. It can include hearing loss. It can include intellectual disabilities, can include cardiovascular issues, loss of vision and hearing and severe pain, depending on where the, the schwannomas grow. Um, obviously these are two extremely, uh, severe cases, right? So neurofibromatosis and what you're seeing is just the schwannomas. These are schwannomas that have grown on the skin. All right. Ehlers-Danlos, uh, Ehlers-Danlos autosomal dominant. So again, uh, this is not on the sex hormones and you only need one of these alleles to be able to have it show through to the phenotype. So again, also might end up as spontaneous mutation, but most of the time it is autosomal dominant. More than 11 types of Ehlers-Damlos. So mutation breaks the genes that form collagen. Now collagen is the most abundant protein that's used in connective tissue. Now, if you look at your skin, the part of your skin, just look at the back of your hand. If you open and then close your fist, the part of your skin that makes your, your skin not um, look like really thin old person skin, um, that's bad to say. You know what I mean? The part of the skin that keeps you looking like you're young, like you're 20 years old, right? Is that is mostly the collagen that is forming that plumpness of your skin. So if you don't have that collagen, then you don't have the, the substance of the skin. So you end up with very, very stretchy, very elastic, fragile skin. You also end up with unpredictable tearing of your blood vessels and your organs. You can have very weak muscle tone. Something called hypotonia is the, the definition is weak muscle tone. And then hypermobile loose joints. So be careful with this next picture. This next picture is a little bit, um, uh, take a deep breath. You ready? All right. So this is really Ehlers-Danlos. So very, very hypermobile, very loose skin, um, but incredibly fragile. He could literally pull his skin off of his body like this. Um, so another Ehlers-Danlos. Uh, so remember we were, I just showed you pictures of Marfan's syndrome and Marfan syndrome has a couple of joints that are very specific, those hypermobile joints, but this is a little bit different. So these are the hypermobile joints, um, as well, but they're, they're not, they're, they're just different. So look at some of these pictures and you can see, um, Ehlers-Danlos. All right. Cystic fibrosis, I think is a good place to stop because this one kind of gets big. <laughs>